And welcome to another episode of Rikindi, where we're all learning how to be happy, healthy humans together. Uh, so today I'm welcoming Katrina, who's here with us. Uh, Katrina, welcome. And thanks for joining us. Thanks. It's really nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. So um, Katrina, as we begin, um, just tell everybody who's listening a little bit about yourself and um, kind of what got you onto the journey of, of where you are now. Yeah, so I'm uh, an Australian born, um, so I live in New Zealand at the moment, and I would say I had a pretty typical kind of upbringing. I've always been very empathic in nature, so that um, made it quite challenging growing up, um, kind of fitting into regular society as we know it. Um, Just, you know, being a sensitive soul in this type of world is quite challenging, uh, but a beautiful gift as well, and it... um, after kind of my education, it, um, it led me into nursing. So I've actually got a background in nursing. I, I was a registered nurse for a number of years. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I loved it. It was challenging. It was amazing for my growth. I had amazing clients. I saw such a wonderful uh, spectrum of how reality is quite different for a lot of people, especially those people who are suffering, uh, those people with disabilities. Um, you know, the spectrum is just huge. Mm. And then I started to realise that, you know, life is really quite different for a lot of people and, and started questioning things really deeply. Uh, and then I got more into the healing side of things because I realized when you're only looking at it from the physical lens, there's only so much you can actually do. And realizing that a lot of people's um, illnesses and chronic conditions and I guess um, limitations and heavy emotions are all coming from things that you can't really fix on a physical level because they're rooted in so much um, density and and trauma and history. So that kind of opened me up to uh, a wider bandwidth of understanding reality as well. Um, And I think just a lot of travel, a lot of life experiences as well. It's just been such a rich experience of um, being here at uh, at this time. Yeah, wow, wow. Well, that's quite phenomenal um, to actually progress into that. And it's quite a, with mental health or... um, you know, anything that people are, are dealing with, it's such a multifaceted approach, you know, um, there's some people who would go straight to medication um, in which they become dependent. And then there's other people who look at ulterior ways in order to, um, you know, help um, release that or, or help that person deal with whatever they're going through. So, you know, when um, I first heard about you and um, read what you guys do or what you do, it, it was very interesting and uh, hence why I have this discussion with you to just learn a, a little bit more about this field that you're in because it's so unique. Um, so mm-hmm. for those of you who uh, don't know, um, Katarina's in quantum remote healing, holographic reprogramming, uh, trauma integration. Um, so we'll go through all of that together in this podcast and really break it down, find out what each part is and um, for anybody who's interested, um, how that can apply to them. Um, and then obviously um, wanting to get in, in touch with you if needed. So um, yeah, as we begin, tell us a little bit about the quantum remote healing. What is that? Uh, what does it involve? Yeah. So, I mean, if you just break down the words, you have healing. So obviously that is um, you know, bringing a, a higher state of wellness and more integration for the being who is, is wanting to uh, create that healing with themselves. Uh, remote is that the fact that I do it remotely. I also do it in person, but um, I really enjoy the remote sessions. So I'm doing it at a distance. And then quantum is just this um, infinite unified field that we are a part of, um, you know, and we are all multidimensional in our fundamental nature So, you know, we're not just existing in the physical realm. There are, and and there's no value difference if we, you know, we are quite programmed to the physical, that's also okay. Oh, sorry, there's a bug. Um, (laughs) And, um, but we also need to know and realize in our evolution that we actually have so much more to our uh, potential. And a lot of that's untapped. So the quantum aspects more just the multidimensional and the uh, infinite aspects of each individual that, Um, you know every person is different everyone has a unique soul signature and a unique reason why they incarnated here on earth but a lot of people struggle with having so many layers of conditions and programs that it becomes quite hard to find that compass of of where they're going and and why they're here Uh, and can be quite confusing and then of course 
uh, all the levels of um, heavy experiences that we do go through in this dimension. It's quite a lot for one lifetime. So um, yeah, the quantum aspect is just that, that real infinite scope of um, the multidimensional nature of everybody. Mm. Oh yeah, phenomenal. Well, I mean, what we understand of um, the way atoms and um, uh, particles and so on behave, um, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of scope for um, the fact that we are, we can only perceive a certain amount of dimensions. Um, you know, there's a, a lot more. I think there's one theory called the um, 8E theory, which um, predicts that we might be in eight dimensional realm, which is quite interesting. Um, but anyway, I suppose that's probably going off a slightly different topic. If um, if somebody had to do um, remote healing through um, through this forum, how exactly does that look like? So um, how would you help somebody discover, you know, why they're here or um, any, any of those points? I think it's really important to point out, firstly, we need to understand what we're actually not what we've modified within our true soul essence to get us loved, to get us validated, to get us accepted by caregivers, parents, culture, school, whatever it is, wherever we uh, pushed forward in version of ourselves and suppressed our true essence, our true talents, our, our um, true um, you know, feelings and emotions to kind of get by in life. And that's really how I see the subconscious and the conscious. So we repress quite a lot of um, who we naturally are to kind of get through with the momentum of life. And then often as we get to the point of an adult, we realize that we're actually quite fragmented and we don't know who we are and that uneasy feeling gets quite strong. And then we start to actually go through a whole life review and start to see, you know, and, and peel back all those layers and, and start to question who we really are. And if we are really living in that um, truth, because if you're not in the truth, it's pretty hard to be in your potential. Um, there's a lot of illusionary constructs we pick up along the way, um, you know, just to kind of get our needs met. So, um, you know, having sessions, it's all about understanding, you know, where you've, where you've deviated from the truth of your soul in a higher level um, and where you've perhaps, um, you know, put on different sets of layers of programming and personality um, to make you feel safe, to make you be, you know, to feel accepted um, to be seen, all of these um, childhood needs that, you know, often with the, the level of consciousness that our parents have, no matter how beautiful they are or how hard they tried, um, it's just inevitable that we get programmed. Um, and on a high level, we sign up for that as well. We want to have this experience in the third dimension, um, in this physical realm. But when we go through our spiritual evolution, we've got to realize that we've also accumulated quite a lot of density and um, start to sift through those layers and question if that's who we really are at like a deep blueprint level uh, on a soul uh, heart level or is this part of the ego construct or um, you know the transactions we set up with other people to get our needs met like codependency um, you know victimization there's all sorts of skewed ways that we kind of play out life um, that doesn't allow us to embody a higher uh, a higher frequency really mm. Oh, that's beautiful. And particularly with the um, relationship element, you know, uh, understanding that people will draw in or attract certain people um, if they're dealing with things, you know, they may attract somebody who's highly abusive or if they are um, fully, let's say, embodied within themselves and, and quite confident in who they are, they're less likely to attract and or accept people who would harm them in any way, shape or form. Um, so no, that I completely agree with that. And so in terms of your, uh, you mentioned um, a soul essence. Would you then say that um, you, we live multiple lifetimes? Is there a soul that is unique to you, or um, are you part of like a collective? You know, the, so when you're looking at the ego identification, would an ego be saying you are identifying with, you know, Alexa? That's my ego identification with who I am. But if there is no ego, then there is no separation. So I'm just, um, so how does that look like in terms of discovering your soul essence? Is it a unique identifier to you? Have you come to this earth in a specific place? Um, do you live many lifetimes? Uh, yeah, it's quite, um, it's quite abstract when you start to zoom in on it all because the ego aspect is really quite valuable in the eyes of the big picture, the source view, because we all have an individuation. 
And if you start to realize that the, the real reason that, you know, or what the universe is really um, looking for here is an expansion, like expansion mechanics. It doesn't want to contract and compress. It wants to always expand. So if you've got 7 billion souls on the face of the earth all having a unique individuation, that's an awful lot of content and uh, life experiences and diversity that is providing that feedback back to the greater source. But uh, I think the problem is when we get too stuck in the individuation, when that becomes our 100% range of reference, when we can't actually uh, burst through that ceiling and then we only see everything as physical. We are only in service to self because we want to get our needs met and we'll do it at the expense of maybe um, maybe somebody else's benefit or you know, creating disharmony and imbalance. So it's all got to be in balance. Um, you know, the 3D individuation and ego is important, like you as yourself and me as myself um, and the individual journey, but we are also part of the collective and we also have a monadic consciousness which is all of our parallel lives all together like the umbrella of all of those and everything's happening simultaneously so it's it's quite hard to understand but um i think everything has value uh, as long as we can be in this 3d but also still hold the vantage point of the greater picture too and then that's beautiful because then you don't get too lost in it you don't allow it to control you. You know, when it gets overwhelming, you can also like zoom out and see, okay, this is all just a part of, you know, the greater, the greater bandwidth of uh, reality. Um, and, you know, that soul essence is really who you are before you became influenced, before you, before your DNA became digressed, before you had all of this um, uh, influence from the outside world, where maybe you diluted down your light to kind of, fit in in this realm so that soul essence is something that is you know pure to each person um and that's that untapped uh, potential that a lot of people um are, are exploring right now especially with this kind of wave of ascension that is influencing a lot of people the wave of ascension since that was the a last one what what exactly would you mean by that what would be this so i mean i know everyone is talking about it it's quite a um you know a common word that we're using an awakening the great awakening what is that well um ascension is um the mechanics of us moving into a higher octave of reality so that baseline frequency of um you know the collective humanity all the sentient beings in this planetary body in which we live on is all shifting into a different dimensional realm um and it's you know it's from my understanding that the actual earth consciousness herself is able to host quite a number of dimensional levels. Um, but we've been experiencing a lot of uh, interference, a lot of digression, a lot of inversions within the matrix system itself that have been, uh, I would say, inorganic. And that is what we're moving out of now as we're re-establishing um, of unity and unconditional love and, and moving into our spiritual evolution. So our planetary body is actually being able to host that and to assist us. And when you take a look at the human composition, you know, we are made up of the same elements of the earth. So it's a, an interchangeable phenomena where we're both ascending together, the human and the, the earth, um, into a, yeah, a higher state of frequency. Uh, but as you can imagine, when you go through that, you actually can't really take a lot of that density uh, that is still within the subconscious realm. Uh, so a lot of people are experiencing the, the purging out and the resolution of a lot of their, uh, you know, denser frequencies, uh, traumas that haven't been resolved. All of that's needing to come to the surface to come out so we can actually move along. So, you know, when you look at it on the uh, the mac with the macro lens you can see what's going on right now with the collective as well um a lot of birthing pains to birth the new reality um but yeah it's really just consciousness moving through time and space in a in a, a more rapid way in a higher uh acceleration and a higher frequency um and and with that the physics do change as well so that's why you can also feel time is speeding up um and and things are really quite noticeable in the changes so depending on how aligned you are with those ascension mechanics and your own personal, um, you know, integrity and, and resolution of your own uh, wounds and ancestral, um, you know, I guess 
imprints that have come from your ancestors as well, ancestors as well that might have been quite uh, negative and, and dense and heavy, all of that's really bubbling up to the surface like a big you know, pressure cooker. And we've really got to look at that now. It's not really possible for us to continue along the old method anymore of denying it or um, avoiding it. We can't bypass that anymore because simply the, the, um, the energetics of the planet don't support that. It doesn't support illusionary constructs any longer. So that could be illusionary out there in the world, but also illusions within ourselves and from ourselves where we're you know lying to ourselves so it's a movement towards more wholeness and a, a more more of a unified field beyond the polarized dualistic um nature of the previous time cycle yeah wow so would you say that that's because of the location that our galaxy or solar system is in or our galaxy is in relation to the universe or what do you think is causing the shift yeah, I think it's a number of things. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, there's there's different shifts within the solar system itself, especially with this procession of the equinox um, cycle that's just occurred of you know 26,000 years. So with that, um, the axis that shifts, we're now facing uh, the galactic core. So there's a certain alignment that has happened, um, which has created such an influx of light and, and light codes and very high frequency uh, light packets of ascension information. And that's what actually lights up our DNA. Our DNA is like an antenna and that transmits and receives information, uh, each of the 12 strands, each of the 12 dimensions. So all this light is coming in and illuminating us literally. But, you know, if you take a flashlight and you go into the closet, you're going to see all the cobwebs, you know, in a dark corner, and it's going to light up all the things that maybe we didn't want to see. So it's both beautiful, but it can also be quite challenging to see what we've been previously able to keep in the dark. Yeah, wow. So if each of your DNA strands represents a different dimension, how can you, um, you mentioned before that we hold on to a lot of baggage or there's a lot of things that we hold on to within our DNA that we don't necessarily need. Um, how is that, how do those, those two connect? Um, so with the DNA, the DNA is influenced and programmed and digressed by certain uh, patterns which represent frequency. Everything's just frequency and energy. So our divine birthright is to actually have all of those 12 strands open and receiving and transmitting photonic light all the time and being open to all that intelligence that, it, that is stationed at each dimensional level. So a lot of us only have our first, uh, our second and third strands, you know, functioning and, and even then not that well. And also our chromosome, you know, potential is also severely suppressed. And that is how we holographically express, you know, life and how we interact with the color wave spectrum. So a lot of our reality is really quite limited with what we're actually seeing with our five senses. And our DNA, when that's all opened up, we actually have an infinite amount of sensorial uh, senses beyond, you know, taste and touch and sight and hearing and smell, uh, because you can imagine that's how the information is coming into the body. But we have telepathy, we have uh, clairsentience and all these psychic gifts that are literally just suppressed and we don't know that we have them. Um, but what happens is with our genetic, say the first DNA strand is all of our genetic information that can be uh, passed along from our predecessors. So if there is, um, you know, trauma that epigenetically changed, for example, your mother's DNA, and she had quite a, um, a strong negative event that she didn't resolve and, and didn't know how, that can be, can be and will be uh, usually passed along to the next generation. So then our DNA or that child's DNA will be affected through that program. And that program might be victimization. Um, it might be fear. Fear is a big one. And, you know, that creates so much um, limitation in the physical body because the body always thinks that there's something to be afraid of. And it uses an incredible amount of life force, uh, you know, down at the adrenal glands, trying to keep you hyper aroused in case something happens. But this is all a false holographic overlay because there is no threat. It's just the body responding to the perceived threat of an ancestor. So it's really quite um, difficult to live in your potential when you're having all of these programs. Uh, and they can come ancestrally. They can also come from your parallel lives. 
um, from what you're what's occurring in other lifetimes simultaneously and also our galactic uh, DNA because we're also um, a combination of different lineages not just earth DNA and genetics we have galactic uh, genetics as well so your lifetimes in different star systems and then there's also a, a, a level where we're influenced by artificial intelligence and that can infect, uh, infect affect the DNA as well <laughs> yeah wow okay um also a few questions I've gotten up there. Um, so <laughs> with the different, um, you're saying that your parallel selves, is that you referring to past, present and future happening? Or is that your parallel selves as in a multiverse where every there's a different version of you in this time frame that's made different decisions? Um, how would you explain yeah. multi? Yeah, how you just described it now. Um, the multiverse with the different versions of you, they're almost so similar, but there's some things that are different. And often I feel that's where people dream, like they go into these different realms. It feels exactly the same, but then you might notice one thing in the dream that's like a little bit different. And then you know you're not in your actual reality. Um, but then there's the past, present, future as well. Um, but for me, I, I feel that is all happening at one time, um, all of our lifetimes, which is really quite hard for the uh, the comprehension within the, the brain to understand that. Yeah, of course. No, I, I, I'm, I've looked a fair bit, well, not a huge amount. I'm sure there's many more people who've looked into it further than I have, but uh, the, the time element where time is a dimension that is perceived where uh, past, present and future could be potentially all happening right now. And there is no differentiation except for what we perceive it to be. Um, and then there's also the multiverse theory, which is going into that there are multiple dimensional realities happening simultaneously, like you said, that are based off of the decisions that we've made. And each decision we've made branches off into a different reality. So they're almost, for if you think of each person, each decision, I mean, that's almost almost infinite, but it's obviously not. It's finite to a certain point, um, but completely mind-blowing. Um, mm -hmm. So would you say then uh, for that, and then, so the other question I had for you was, uh, then you mentioned multi interstellar. So you're saying that there's multiple of yourself in other um, dimensions or other planets, or what was that second part? Yeah, like we've, um, we're not just, uh, we don't just have earth-based genetics and our earth lineage, like our, where we came from on earth and, and the genetic makeup that we have from this planet. We also have galactic uh, DNA. So this is like a hybrid DNA. And this is where we have lived lifetimes that have not been on this earth. Uh, hence why we have quite a lot of memory um, of, of different things happening in different star systems. But of course, like different traumas can happen, you know, in different star systems as well. So that's also part of the energetic clearing as well. If there's, um, you know, different negative things that have also affected the DNA in this lifetime. Um, but we also have that communication link. So a lot of our uh, higher psychic gifts can come from our lifetimes in those higher dimensional realms, say the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth strand and up um, of our DNA, where a lot of that intelligence is coming through, um, through that uh, antenna that is the DNA. So it's like quite a, it's quite a blending of different races. Um, so there's the root races, and then there is this uh, this galactic pool of this gene pool. So we're very multidimensional, and we're not just from this Earth as well, um, which so is I, very weird for some people. Yeah, no. That's so, so would my soul essence, just so I can understand, because I'm just, I'm I'm literally just open to to understanding. Um, would if so would my soul essence then go into, um. Potential, I would be part of, of this energy, which I mean, I, I do, I, I mean, science, everything is energy. So I, I completely, completely agree with that. If we are um, a soul essence and then we we morph into or we, we awaken into another world and then we live that lifetime and then we awaken into this world and I live this lifetime. Um, but my soul essence is that same soul essence that's experienced a lifetime in, let's say, Mars, for instance, or I understand it would be much further. Um, is that is that how I'm understanding it correctly? Is that? Yeah, I just believe it's like a unique soul frequency, but yeah. it's all part and parcel of the same thing because we're all coming from the same, you know, divine source points. Yeah. Um, but then we're having all of these different experiences as a fractal of the whole. 
but then within the smallest particulate of the individuation contains everything of the whole anyway. So we're always the whole, no matter how far away we go from the original source point, um, which is the, the amazing thing about, you know, fractals and this whole holographic reality. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're everything at the same time and we're always interconnected to the whole fabric of reality and all the other beings in it too. And so would you say, I mean, that's beautiful and profound, but you say that we are here to experience life as in uh, we're born into this reality. Like, okay, so do we choose to live in this reality? Do you think that we, we consciously choose to live this sort of life? Um, or um, so we're essentially a soul experiencing life um, by choice because we want, we're, we're in essence, I would like to experience life or um, how, how would that? Yeah, so I believe that this is a, an experience. So this body, which is hosting this consciousness is a form. So our spirit really comes and animates this form. And it's an amazing thing because then we get to kind of navigate through life on the human level and go about our reality, but everything's physical. And, you know, with that comes a whole, uh, you know, whole realm of, of, of different, um, different richness of experience that you just simply can't get in another dimension. Um, so it's a, a yearning that we've had from a higher level of uh, integration that we want to come down and experience um, something more physical where we have that separation, where we have that duality, so we can learn and we can grow. Um, of course, we forget everything when we come in. But the other thing is if we, if we think that everything's random and it just somehow happens, we can get into the trap of everything's happening to me and I didn't want this to occur. So, you know, that's also part of our empowerment to realize that we chose our parents. We chose that for the specific genetics, the specific conditioning we would get. Uh, we chose the location, we chose the body, we chose the way that we look, we just chose everything to have a specific experience. Um, and that experience is that, uh, you know, that unique lens that we look through. And, uh, you know, that is an amazing and valuable experience to have. It's not about getting stuck in it, but it's about moving through it and just, um, you know, making the most of it um, because it's highly valuable to be incarnated in a human form. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And I can definitely see, um, you know, for me personally, there's, I, I see it as three, three ways of viewing the world is one, everything's happening to me. So like you mentioned, my life is hard. This is, you know, um, things, why is this all happening to me? And then um, it's happening for me and saying, you know, life is happening for me. Um, and then I think my favorite one is, is through me. And it's like life is happening through me, a way for me to interact and engage and be part of this um, continuously moving um, reality. You know, and I, I quite like that as well. It's very beautiful. And, and like you said, with the healing process, you know, not saying things are happening to you and you're hard done by, but what a gift it is to be able to experience this life and experience things happening happening through you so yeah and so uh, with your holographic reprogramming so I understand that you must have touched on this a little bit um, in the previous question uh, but just tell us a little bit about the holographic reprogramming so holographic reprogramming is reprogramming is about seeing the individual at a blueprint level so when a, if you imagine an architect is like looking at a piece or a plot of land and they have their paper with the, the blueprint of the house the blueprint is the framework for the energy to be filled. So the matter fills the blueprint and the energy always needs a blueprint to follow to bring it into materialization and physicality. So we're working, instead of working in the, like the, the, the emotional level or only what's occurring on the surface level, like maybe why am I not able to manifest abundance? Why am I always struggling paycheck to paycheck? Okay, we can look at it through the lens of, just the job you know or what are you doing on the physical level or we can go deep into the the programming um, and see where has it been installed along your line of um, you know your unique soul where has it come in and uh, implanted or programmed lack and scarcity uh, or maybe famine or not having enough and always uh, feeling that abundance is something outside of yourself, like a phenomena that you've got to like chase it all day long to try to get a little taste of. So a lot of that can come in at the blueprint level. So the holographic reprogram, bringing it down to the most fundamental layer 
to create the resolution there. Like a, a lot of the, um, the discussion and the dialogue is about, uh, but then we go deeper and deeper and deeper until we get to and recreating something new. Otherwise, we tend to just recreate the same conditions that have been going on for generations and then we never feel we can get out of it. Um, so it requires like that, that really deep investigation at that holographic level. Um, and, you know, holographic just meaning like an interference pattern of light, like coming through your blueprint of your soul uh, and streaming out, you know, refracting the light to project a reality in front of you. But if your blueprint is full of programming and density that is not in alignment with your higher you know potential or higher aspects that when that light streams in it's going to project a very distorted view of how you see the world um, you know so if we're fearful inside coming from programming we're always going to attract things out there in the world to be scared of um, because we're holographically imprinting the field so we're actually so powerful and you can imagine what we can actually imprint in a beautiful high frequency way when we've done the internal work it's like having a movie projector and you can project whatever you want to create mm. um so it's, it, it goes both ways yeah beautiful beautiful and i can see that is so empowering i mean um knowing mm. that you can live your um full expression of yourself rather than um living based off fear like you're saying or even your parents fears and so on and, um no, that, that's brilliant. And, you know, touching on what we mentioned before with epigenetics, um, like you're saying, when your, your parents um, have gone through something, I think they did the trial with mice where, you know, um, uh, mice had been, um, they I think they hid the cheese in a, in a different place. And so the uh, children could find it a lot faster. And I think things like that demonstrated that information could be passed on. Um, no, it's, it's very, very powerful stuff. And, um, you know, definitely the way we respond to our environment um, is based off of a fear response cycle. So, um, no, that's, that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so with your uh, trauma integration, that obviously goes into um, what we've been discussing, which is really trying to deal with that trauma that you are, that you faced or that your parents have faced. Yeah, exactly. And, and trauma, again, uh, directly, you know, contracts and compresses the DNA um, at the various levels. So, again, trauma, trauma starts to set in motion different coping strategies. And we will tend to, uh, if we haven't been able to process it, um, which a lot of us haven't, because, you know, the, the main issue here is that when the trauma happens in childhood, in that those range of, of years between conception around seven to 10, when that negative event happens during that time frame, uh, we don't have yet our bioenergy field yet uh, bioenergy field developed. So our chakras are still forming, like our actual light body is still um, solidifying itself to be able to interact with the world and discern energies and understand our self-value and our identity and all those things. So we're heavily influenced. So if something you know, harms us from the external world or it created a belief within us that we're not worthy. Um, you know, if our parents don't respond to us when we're crying uh, or if they're overworked and we're with a nanny all the time when we're younger, you know, we'll believe that we're not good enough and we're not worthy of love. Um, even if at the reality of the parents, you know, they're doing their best and they've, they've done everything they can and they just, they need to work because they're trying to make ends meet. The child can't conceptualize that because of their level of maturity. So they will take that core belief of I'm not worthy uh, with them for the rest of their life until they're actually able to um, resolve it. But all the way along to actually cope, they may uh, create all sorts of uh, coping strategies and you know, going around that to really live through life, uh, trying to keep their pain at bay. Uh, and that can come through in different um, reactions and uh, emotions and even a different personality that they might architect. Or uh, you know, if you've got parents who are very uh, intellectual and your child, their child is really creative, that child might totally suppress their talents to be a lot more you know, into maths and science or uh, literature or whatever their parents value more um, because that child doesn't have the option to just pack up and go they're relationally dependent so we end up modifying ourselves quite significantly to fit into the family unit 
And then on top of that, of course, if there's abuse or there's any kind of struggle with that or conflict, even in the womb, like we're realizing now how much, uh, you know, babies are being uh, imprinted by the frequency of the mother, if she's overworked, if she's stressed, if she's in conflict with the dad, if the pregnancy was unplanned and, and she's, you know, worried, all of that, you know, trans, translates into the, the consciousness of, you know, the next generation. So that it's really huge, especially until around 10 years old. Um, so all that trauma is what we're looking at. Um, but really, it's not always about what happened, like the story around it, but it's more about what the program was that was installed because of that. So what did I believe because of what happened to me? Because then I take that belief on as truth and then I carry that with me through my whole life and everything around me is just a frequency match to that belief. So I will recreate that again, that I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, you know, by attracting certain partners, uh, attracting adversity and limitation because it's all magnetic um, until we really resolve that at the root blueprint level. Mm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And um, with that trauma element, do you, with your um, uh, members, do you speak to them or, you know, the people who come to you, do you ask them a variety of questions um, in order to get to the root cause of their trauma? Or how would you find, how would you find that, that cause? If somebody came to you and they're like, you know, hey, please help me out. Um, what would the processes be for you to help resolve that within an individual? So I like to start with the present moment. If a client comes to me, you know, and it's the first session, I will always talk about and question with them how their life is actually playing out right now. Where is it not, um, you know, where are things not happening? Where's the limit, limitations and the blockages? Um, you know, if they, if they want something and it's not happening, um, all of these things that they're not happy with about themselves in the now moment. And then what I do is I tend to backtrack and start to question that first um, zero to 10 age bracket and start to um, bring it back to the earlier time frame and start to see how was their family life. Or the birth story is something I ask every single client. Um, were they born in a hospital? How was the mom when she was pregnant? Uh, was she being taken care of or was she stressed? Um, what, even was there umbilic umbilical cord cut straight away? All of these things. Uh, affect the child, um, you know, in, in all sorts of ways. So when you look at it through the lens of consciousness, obviously physically we think, oh, no, that's normal and it's become really normalised. Um, but then just asking them a lot of questions around their emotions when they were younger, if they were validated, um, how, how the family unit was, if they had siblings, um, if their parents were in a harmonious relationship, if they were uh, getting their needs met. Um, if they felt safe, uh, how was their schooling life? Uh, did they fit in? All sorts of things around that. Um, if there was any alcoholism, addiction, religious overtones in the family. Uh, and then from that, uh, getting all of that information from that time frame, uh, we then backtrack it as well. So, you know, back to the, the ancestral line and see if perhaps if there was, for example, addiction, was that just an addiction of your mother or was that actually coming through multiple generations? Um, because then it's important to identify where it started to be able to work with that um, at the, the programming level, at the DNA level. So a lot of what we embody is not actually, the genesis of it is not from our life. Um, but of course, we have a certain life stream and quality of life and, and we have our traumas and negative events that occur as well in this lifetime. Um, so it's important to get like a quite a big map of their consciousness as well. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I think the first thing that came to mind, and I apologize right in the beginning, but with the umbilical cord, what, I'm just mm. going to that a bit more, what exactly, what difference would it make um, if you're umbilical? So were you referring to as soon as you're born, they cut your umbilical cord straight away or? So when a, a fetus is, uh, you know, sperm and the egg come together and then the, the whole biological form is happening. Then the soul teleports through the physical being. Um, but that physical, sorry, that, uh, that soul is also part of the placenta. So the energetic essence of that being is in both, um, both parts with that cord uh, connected. So when we, um, when we birth the baby and the cord is then cut straight away, which it has been normalized now in the modern medical arena, uh, a lot of the consciousness of the child is still in its energetic twin. 
And if you can imagine, you have no frame of reference for anything other than being on the interior of a womb space. Um, you know, that's its own universe. It doesn't know anything else in that particular physical realm. Uh, and it's coming through and its only constant is the placenta, which is its twin energetically. And obviously the constant of the environment of the mom and, and the, the darkness and the warmth and all of that. And then it's coming out, you know, it's quite a shock. Uh, to be born in a hospital and all of this artificial um, lighting and different staff members and beings and all of that and medications and equipment, but also that being cut, it makes a separation wounding. So we can actually move through life feeling that we're missing something for a long, long time. Um, and if you scan back in, you know, time cycles, ancient cultures always kept the cord connected uh, to allow the consciousness to fully transition over to the baby and then leave it connected and then the baby will push it away when it's ready. And then three days later, four days later, um, the placenta would always be buried in the earth to return that life force back into the earth. Because when you look inside, you can see it's a, it's a tree. It has a, it's an, an amazing, um, uh, beautiful image of a tree. And it's all to do with our energetics, our um, the geometry of the 12 tree grid and, and so much to do with our power that is, um, you know, requiring that to be connected to enable us to feel whole from the very beginning. Otherwise, we feel we've lost something and we don't trust this life um, and we feel separated on some level within us, not mentally, but energetically. Mm. Um, and that already programs the subconscious from the very beginning. Wow. Wow. No, I, I had no idea. That's pretty phenomenal, actually. Um, bearing the, the placenta. That's that's beautiful. Like, um, what, do you know which cultures, um, would there be most of the cultures around the world or would there be one specific culture in a specific country or? I know? believe it was all of the cultures. That was how it was because they were so much more connected to spirit. So they had this knowledge, they had this intelligence. And they knew that because it was all about, um, you know, working with consciousness and preserving that. And we've digressed a lot from that. And hence why reality, you know, is the way that it is. Um, and there's no judgment. Like if we all, like our generation had the cord cut, like it's very common and there's no judgment. Um, but there is definitely a, a surge of uh, people now uh, having lotus births. Uh, and lotus is the name for the keeping it connected till the baby is ready to, to push it away. Yep. Um, and then you literally wrap it up in herbs and you take it in a little basket and you take it home with your baby. <laughs> um, so beautiful. Um, but it's, it's becoming more popular now as we're starting to see uh, just how important consciousness is. Mm. Um, yeah. No, that's very interesting. I think um, for me, the, the part that I find quite beautiful is um, you could see this disconnect. So you went from this very connected kind of um, cultural way of life where you know we would plant because we would all plant our own grow own vegetables and so on you worked with nature so everybody you know planted their own stuff cared for the animals uh cared for their environment because that meant you know providing more life and so on and so forth and then we went through a, a heavy stage of industrialization i guess where you know um you found um medication which was you know a massive breakthrough and um uh, technology and, and so on and so forth in every element or area of our life and so then it kind of was like there was this cut where people were then obsessed with that one side and and because of that there was a, a disconnect or a um, disregard for nature and for the natural connection of things um, and now based on what you're telling me it feel, it seems and not just you you know hearing from so many more people is that it, it seems that our generation coming forward is like saying well actually there is some elements of our past of being connected to nature and, and realizing that the entire planet is is life um working through that and saying okay well there are elements of that that are really important and you shouldn't just disconnect everything because we have medication or so on to um, help with that sure there's a time and place for everything but it's a way to to balance the two out with your clients um have you had any stories, obviously not mentioning any names or anything due to um, disclosure, but any um, transformations that you've seen um, with people working through with you a lot of that trauma, any of the journeys that you would like to share? Or Yeah, um, yeah, without going into too much specifics, yeah. but yeah, a lot of people that have had health conditions that have significantly improved, 
uh, chronic conditions over their entire life. Um, you know, we work, we work for nine weeks, so it's not like a short thing. It definitely is a commitment and, you know, they're showing up two hours a week um, and, you know, talking with me and having the dialogue and then having the energy healing done as well. So they're just as active, you know, an active participant in this as well. Um, but, you know, this is a container that's accelerated. So, you know, from the beginning to the end as well, just like a lot of understanding of stepping into power, purpose and clear intention, um, losing and, or not even losing, but just integrating, um, dissolving the uh, negative charge of so much suppression of uh, fallacies, things that are not true. Um, all of this, uh, the, the way that people see the world um, changes. They start to have a much better outlook in life and start to see that they're actually driving this. They're the ones who have the wheel at hand rather than the subconscious mind driving them for them, which is the inner child. And, you know, you're in the car and you don't know where you're going and you don't want to go there. That's the subconscious is 99% of um, how our life plays out. So it's, in, it's so important to really uh, work with that. So with clients, it's just seeing them, um, you know, taking on so much more life force as well. Um, and, you know, having a, just a whole different outlook on life, much more harmonious relationships um, and, and more success in many different areas because it's, it's all about empowerment and understanding that they're responsible for everything, even if it's coming from an earlier age, even if it's ancestral, because if you're not... Um, if you don't have jurisdiction over all of that, you become a victim. So a lot of sessions that I've done, it's been really about evolving out of the victimized state and into a much more empowered state. And then from that platform, you can do anything as long as you're, you know, aligned. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been so amazing. And I felt that I've been so um, positively influenced by them as well. Um, just their courage and their willingness to look at themselves from a third perspective and not get too lost in their own uh in their own trauma and you know their own pain being willing to crawl out of that dark place as well so it's very very inspiring it's I just love doing it yeah oh that's so beautiful so beautiful and um with the the pain actually I thought that brought up a good point is um what is your understanding with physical pain um so how you're saying a lot of the chronic pain for your clients they've managed to overcome um because mm -hmm. from my understanding you know there is a lot of um psychosomatic or when you like even in japan i think the japanese culture and chinese actually predominantly asian culture is very much about um they don't perceive if they're feeling depressed or something usually they'll report a severe back pain or neck pain so mm -hmm. they'll go to the doctor and, and say look i have a really bad back pain um and then they're treated that way very few people actually come forth and say look i, I you know I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of mental stuff and um there's mm -hmm. a lot of uh correlation between what you're dealing with mentally and the physical pain um, that you're experiencing so I'd love to hear your views on that yeah for me pain is really like a, a, a communication for the body the pain body is showing you where the energy is not flowing well uh, it might be in the fascia it might be in the bones it might be in the joints it might be in your nerves and it'll always show up somewhere in the map of the body because it's trying to illuminate and connect you to reveal to you where that discordance is energetically. So if we don't have energetic discordance, if we don't have um, unresolved trauma uh, or, um, you know, things that have happened ancestrally that also haven't been resolved, there's no implication for the body to start having um, illnesses and imbalance because the energy is coherent. If the energy is not coherent, then the body will follow suit. But the body is of a slower uh, wavelength. That's why it's physical. It's slow enough in its, you know, in the in the waveform that we can see it as being physical. But energy oscillates faster. So if we don't resolve it up in the energetic levels, in the higher dimensions, in the mental and emotional bodies, it will cascade down to the physical. And the physical is really the last, uh, the last level where a um, an imbalance will manifest itself. So, you know, pain for me is just the body really messaging you to show you um, that there's something going on energetically that needs to be seen to. Um, and I guess you, you would do your due diligence and, you know, uh, avoid as many triggers as possible for that. Like you're not going to go and do exercise if you're in pain. 
but that's not enough as well because you're just kind of patchworking it. Um, you know, you do what you can on the physical level by having a purified diet and taking care of yourself, avoiding stress, um, you know, being connected with nature and just balancing it out in that way. But if it still doesn't go away, any illness or sickness or um, sensitivities, it, it needs to be looked at through a more uh, metaphysical lens, more through the lens of uh, stagnant emotion and uh, stuck trauma, because that will literally come through the, the fascia, that'll come through the body through the pain body, yeah. And it's highly intelligent. The body's so intelligent. It's always communicating with us. But when we numb it out with screens and technology and analgesics and alcohol, we're just, we're diluting that. And we just don't have a very coherent messaging within us. Um, and, and we don't feel ourselves as a, a conglomerate of trillions of cells. We just think like we're one robot body. You know, we, we have to start seeing ourselves as infinite. Um, and communicating with all those um, aspects of ourselves on, on the micro level. Mm. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And uh, with that, would you um, are you involved in yoga at all in your um, daily practice or your life? Or um... uh, yeah, my partner is a yoga teacher, um, and yeah, I, sometimes I do it. I used to do yoga a lot more in the past. Um, but we have been in crazy lockdown for so long and um, without being vaccinated, there's not very many options. So I'm just doing it at home um, with him and sometimes online. But yeah, I would say a couple of times a week. Yep. No, I was just asking because um, of that, uh, you know, how you're talking about the fascia and how a lot of your trauma and stuff is held within that. And sometimes it can, uh, you know, um, show through that or come through that. Uh, would you say that yoga would potentially be a way for you to release a lot of that stuff uh, physically? Um, and then, you know, instead of, so what you're dealing with is a top-down approach where you're saying, okay, let's sit down and deal with what you're going through um, and then watch as it gradually starts to come down to your physical body and you start to alleviate pain. Um, my perception or understanding is like sometimes yoga can be almost the opposite is where you're starting from the bottom because you're doing physical movements and it's a very physical practice but through that physical practice you are releasing a lot of stuff psychologically and obviously eventually you you reach a space that's quite still and quite present and um you know quite relaxed and connected to everything around you um would you say that that um has scope for your views on that yeah, i think it's all it's all part of creating uh, wellness and having that sense of discipline and when you do yoga you are descending that current of awareness back into the body because there's a tendency to actually eject your consciousness out of the body when the body itself is painful so you know we we won't even you'll see people walking around on you know in day-to-day -day life and they're not actually in their body they're physically there but there's no one home uh, because their body is a, a huge memory database of pain and trauma so they're not really there and that's why um, there's a lot of numbing out of of that but yoga is really powerful because it brings your awareness back to the body so when you're doing an asana you can feel your hand over here, your leg here, and your the total of your awareness is actually inside the body. So, and of course, you're touching that zero point again by uh, connecting more with your breath. And you know, it's super powerful. I yeah, I, I think it's really helpful for that. It's it's part of um, a holistic approach. Um, you know, loving your body and realizing your body is the holy grail. Um, you're not ascending off somewhere else out of this realm. You're actually ascending in the body. So we need to love the body and care for it and, and do what resonates, uh, you know, for us physically. Um, but we've also got to do, you know, the other side of it as well, the, the emotional healing. Um, I, don't, I, I also know people that do yoga constantly and they do not look at their wounds and you could do yoga all day long and it's still not going to be enough. Like we, we really need to uh, integrate different uh, approaches. It can't just be physical um, and that can also be quite addictive as well. So um, we need to see it very broadly on many, many levels. Um, so it's valuable in, in many ways, but it can't, I wouldn't say it could be 100% of it. Um, yeah, but it depends. Um, yeah. yeah, what I'm saying is not the truth. Like everyone yeah, has their own truth. Totally. I'm, I, I mean, I personally, um, I'm all in for the holistic health. Like I'm very much into awareness of your actions, awareness of your um, well, behavior, awareness of your thoughts, awareness of your physical body, awareness of what you're consuming, and only through awareness of what you're doing can you then create change because then you can say, okay, 
you know, this action's obviously not good for me or this food's obviously not good for me or this thought process is obviously not good for me and then um, shifting mm-hmm. from there. So, um, yeah, I, I think holistic approach is, is beautiful. And, um, you know, uh, personally, yoga's just been a great avenue to um, step away from everything that's going on to just have that moment, you know, to yourself, to your body um, and to the present moment because it's so easy to get disconnected to everything else. So, yeah. There's a lot of general distraction right now. Um, so we really need to get internally connected ASAP. Um, that's where the power is, the stillness inside. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I think uh, hopefully, you know, this year we can start to leave COVID behind, you know. <laughs> Let's hope that, you know, us collectively can uh, transcend this phase, <laughs> you know, and, mm. and um work together because I think there's just been so much separation and it's really sad to see how so many people around the world are um turning against each other and I think um separation leads to it does lead to weakness and to a degrading almost of society where if we work together we can accomplish so much um and so it is very sad to see it's very sad to see yeah, but it's serving a purpose as well. Again, if you zoom out a little bit from a high vantage point, this is all playing a role. Unless we get so uncomfortable in the separation, it's not going to uh, motivate us enough to change. Um, so everything's becoming very obvious now about the dysfunction within society itself. Uh, and But without the discomfort, uh, human beings are unlikely to shift things around. So I do see um, this pandemic as a timeline trigger. It's actually uh, creating evolution at a much more accelerated rate uh, than it was before. Uh, But on the physical level, it does look like a a big chaotic mess. Uh, But it just depends on how you look look at it. But it's true, there is a lot of separation. Um, But, you know, we've got to find that connection within ourselves first uh, and, and become more integrated. And then as a collective, we can come together. Um, you know, so it's it's a very, very interesting time on earth um, and I think a very powerful time uh, and there's a lot of cosmic, uh, cosmic pressure for us to actually start to wake up. Without that pressure, without this pandemic, people are going to just continue doing the same thing um, and it's, it's not really, it hasn't been functioning, to be honest. So it's a, it's a big um, accelerant. Uh, but of course, the inter- inter- interim part can be really uncomfortable, just like when you do sessions and it's uncomfortable to see your own shadow. We're actually working through the collective shadow right now um, as a species. And this is changing us um, in our evolution and our spiritual ascension. This is the waking up, you know, this is the great awakening. So it's, it does play out differently for each individual, depending on which, um, which level of consciousness they're holding. If they're in fear, uh, survival mode is going to be an awful ride. Um, but if you've done the work, if you've processed a lot of your shadow, you're going to see through the veil of illusion and you're going to start to see uh, the, you know, the truth of what's really happening and how this is actually playing out. So, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a confusing time for a lot, but it's also been a very powerful time for other people too. Um, and all, all playing out exactly as it's meant to from the way that I understand. Mm. Oh, no very very beautiful and um you know for for those listening obviously I don't want to take up too much of your time and um you know it's been an absolute honor having you on um is there any way um for people to contact you if they wanted to obviously I'll, I'll link everything below um how's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they need to uh they can send me an email through the website um or social media yeah um, whatever they resonate with more um, so I have Instagram and I also have my website as well and it's all linked up. So I will receive it if you message me on there. Yeah. Perfect. And, um, you know, if there was um, one message that you would really want to uh, share with the world or, um, you know, what, what, what exactly would that be? Uh, I would say for this particular point in time with everything that's happening, I think the, the most empowering thing for people is to be less motivated by the external goings on in the world uh, through the news events, through devices, through chitter chat and gossip and, and anything that's externalized where the power is put in other beings to dictate how you see the world and how you feel about your own life. Mm-hmm. To get uh, to flip that around and actually start connecting within yourself and you know to develop and cultivate that relationship within yourself. 
I know for a lot of people that's an uncomfortable place to actually be within, especially when we're so uh, lured into the external world and to only keep our focus there. But the deeper the connection, you know, people can cultivate with themselves, the more stable they will be with all of this chaos chaos that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so just doing your daily practice, doing your meditation, even if it's a bit challenging for the first little while, you know, it's like building a muscle, um, quietening things down, being in nature, simplifying. I, I love that word, simplicity. Um, and just, you know, connecting with your heart, moving beyond the, uh, the ego and getting into the heart. The heart is a unified field. The heart doesn't know separation. Um, and that's a beautiful place to live from. So just going more within. Beautiful, beautiful. No, well, thank you so much. That was um, definitely one for the heart. <laughs> so I really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me on.